Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. That's right, everybody. Trump to the rescue. <laughs> Welcome back. How's everybody doing today? Got a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. Media malpractice is on my mind. And uh, boy, does this kind of stuff get me fired up. I There's just so much going on. And there's so much wrong with the media today. And in this, this 24-hour news cycle that we're all falling victim to. We get bombarded with these stories, and it's always the newest, you know, this is a bombshell story. And, of course, it lasts for 24, 48 hours, and then they move on to the next thing, right? Um, and it's just, we, we seem to have a very, very short memory when it comes to all the bullshit stories that, that get thrown at us on a daily basis. But anyway, BuzzFeed has come out with Another bombshell report claiming that they have 100% rock solid evidence that Trump has told Trump told Michael Cohen to lie to Congress about the um, the dates of these uh, Trump Tower meetings with Russia. For anybody not familiar with Buzz, BuzzFeed, this is a site. Most people only know because because uh, they post those online quizzes, those short little internet videos about places to travel or 24 things you need to have if you're a woman over 30 or some stupid shit like that. And they make a lot of lists, you know, where they really only have like two or three real tips to give you and the rest are just sort of filling up space with the most idiotic things. Nobody is either ever going to do them or... Everyone is already doing them. Everyone already does them naturally. They'll come up with these lists. Like, if you're a woman over 30, make sure you have a good supply of makeup or shampoo or whatever. <laughs> like, listen, women don't need to be told to stock up on makeup and body sprays and all that shit. Believe me, they've got it covered. Anyway, they also they do these lists, 10 recipes for a healthy lifestyle and... Then they'll have their agenda-driven posts that they use to try to push some usually left left-leaning view. And it's always it's always odd numbers too. It's like 17 pictures that prove climate change is real. And then they'll just have a picture of like an iceberg or something before and after iceberg from like a hundred years ago and now. You know, that kind of pseudo journalistic activist hacky shit that the majority of people are too stupid to delve into any deeper, and they just slurp it right up. I mean, they know that very few people ever read beyond the headlines. I forget exactly what the stat is, but it's it's like over 80% of people, they just read the headline. So 
basically all BuzzFeed does is package together 10 to 20 headlines, attach some photos to it, and throw it out on the internet. But anyways, they, they should probably stick to that sort of clickbait stuff that chicks love to peruse, gather all sorts of horrible anniversary ideas and gifts that they can get their boyfriends. Not that I'm speaking from personal experience or anything like that. Because every time they attempt actual journalism, they fail miserably. Um, they, they resort to complete fabrications of stories. And of course, they're in the news again, as I mentioned before, for quote-unquote breaking the Donald Trump-Michael Cohen story that at Trump had Cohen lie to Congress. And I mean, just right off the bat, BuzzFeed has a pretty extensive history in dishonest journalism. I don't know if you guys remember, they were the ones that ran with the infamous Steele dossier, right? We just had Bruce Orr testify before Congress. He's a high-ranking Justice Department official that testified before Congress that the Steele dossier um, presented was presented to the FBI earlier than we were initially told and informed the FBI that this was opposition research done by Steele at the behest of the Clinton campaign. So the whole narrative that they weren't sure whether they could trust the dossier, that, that all just goes right out the window. We all knew this was bullshit, or at least those of us that are honest. Bruce Orr's wife works for Fusion GPS, which was the company that created the Steele dossier. And remember, the dossier is what they used to present to the FISA court to get the warrant to, to, to surveil the Trump campaign in the first place. And, you know, these FISA courts, these FISA courts are nothing, they're, they're such bullshit. They're nothing but rubber stamps. They approve something like 98% of the requests that they receive. And when the agency is supposed to present probable cause to the, to the FISA court to get, to get the warrants, they really only have to show a need to the court. As in, I need to stop a terrorist or whatever, and in order to do that, I need X, Y, and Z authorized. And then these courts just grants them pretty much a carte blanche to, to violate the rights of the citizens. So these this whole FISA court thing is a sham. But for whatever reason, for some reason it makes us feel better that there's some sort of process in place, that the government has created some process. No matter how ridiculous and phony it may be, it gives us some sort of sense of legitimacy or something like that. Just like so many other government processes, there's this aura of legitimacy, this appearance of legitimacy on the surface to the casual observer, right? But then when you look at it from the right angle or you dig into anything a little bit, you quickly realize that it's all just an illusion. It's all just a smokescreen to cover up how they're violating all of the protections that were put in place to curtail their powers. Anyway, they used that, that dossier knowing full well that it was complete bullshit opposition research funded by the Trump campaign or funded by the, the Clinton campaign. They used that to lie to the FISA courts to get the warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. And remember when, when Trump was saying that he was being, he was being wiretapped and that there was a, there was like a camera or a microphone in his, his, uh, 
his microwave or whatever. I mean, he wasn't wrong. He was just way off with the type of technology that they were probably using to do it. But So that's BuzzFeed, the news agency that ran with the dossier when even the most corrupt mainstream media that does nothing but carry water for the Democratic Party and wants nothing more than to, to either make, make Trump look bad or bring down the Trump organization, even they were hesitant to touch it. Think about that. CNN, the cable news network that got caught leaking debate questions to Hillary Clinton twice, wouldn't even touch this dossier with a 10-foot pole. Now that really says something. So now you got BuzzFeed. They come out with this new bombshell story, right? They have evidence, concrete, rock-solid, 100% sure that, that Trump instructed Michael Cohen to lie to Congress about the date of the discussions surrounding the Trump Tower construction in Moscow. I mean, right off the bat, I'm suspicious of this story. Everybody should be suspicious of this story, of course. Most people aren't. I mean, there, there are just too many red flags to take it at face value. You got BuzzFeed, anonymous sources, Michael Cohen, and on top of that, the fact that lying about these dates serves no purpose to Trump at all. I mean, where is the benefit? Where is the benefit to Trump in mixing up the dates by, by like four or five months, whatever it is? You know, but of course, since, since it fits the narrative that so many networks are desperate to convey, predictably, every major news outlet took this story and ran with it. I mean, it, was, it went gangbusters. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So here, I'm going to play a clip. This is Anthony Cormier. He is uh, one of the authors of the, this BuzzFeed article that's, that's making all the headlines. He co-authored it with, uh, with, with another guy. But Cormier is on CNN right now and in this clip, and he's talking about the story. I, I'm just going to let him, him speak for himself. Joining us by phone now is one of the investigative reporters for BuzzFeed News who broke this story, Anthony Cormier. Anthony, thank you so much for being here. Your reporting has obviously captured much of the country. This morning, it's on every network. So can you tell us, Anthony, the evidence? I know that in the, the report, you say that you have spoken, you have two law enforcement sources who tell you that they have seen evidence, texts, emails, a cache of other documents, maybe transcripts with other witnesses in Trump organization that Donald Trump pressured Michael Cohen to lie. He suborned perjury. Have you seen any of that other corroborating evidence? No, I've not seen it personally, but the folks that we've talked to, the two officials that we've spoken to are uh, fully 100% read in uh, to that aspect of the special counsel's investigation. Okay, let's pause it right there. Because, I mean, I, I find this just hilarious. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going crazy, right? Everybody just heard that. Literally the first thing out of this guy's mouth. No, I haven't seen the evidence. Right there. Okay, stop it right there. End of, end of story. End of interview. Um, this lady on CNN, Allison, somebody, I forget her name. She should have right there just been like, oh, well, okay. Thanks, thanks for coming on and wasting everybody's time. Next story, please. I mean, this is what... This is what passes for journalism these days? Seriously? So, um, you've made some outrageous claims. Impeachable claims. Have you seen any evidence? 
Well, no, not me personally, but this guy I know, he's seen it all. (laughs) I mean, it really is unbelievable that this is where we are today. But the interview continues, so um, I have chopped it up a little bit, but let's go ahead and roll it. At this point, uh, and our sources haven't told us uh, what exactly, how exactly that directive was handed down. Was it in person? On the telephone? We're we're not clear. Um, but it is our understanding that this is uh, rock solid uh, information developed uh, over the course of a long period of time, uh, and then Michael was used to sort of, I guess, confirm it. Do your sources have any sense of why President Trump would want Michael Cohen to lie about this? No, it's a, good, it's a really good question. Uh, we've been trying to get uh, Ms. Cohen or his uh, spokesperson on the phone for the last 72 hours, uh, and they have declined it to talk to us, uh, saying that they are, are, are not answering questions because they, they don't want to interfere with the special counsel's uh, inquiry. I, I don't want to speculate on, on any reasons why the president would tell him to sort of move that date or, or, or come up with a different date than, than, than was actually true. That might be my favorite my favorite part of this whole interview, other than the first sentence of it out of his mouth, is that he refuses to speculate on what the motive for lying about the dates might be. That's very, really rich, isn't it? You just got done writing an entire article based purely on speculation. But when it comes to why, up oh, then that's where we draw the line. We can't speculate. <laughs> what a douche. You don't want to speculate because there's there's no possible way. There's no there's no way you could fit any reasonable explanation, any reasonable speculation into your narrative. Why lie about the dates? What is possibly gained from telling Congress it was June instead of January? Doesn't make any difference. Doesn't make any difference to the underlying allegation. And just to be clear, When he says sources, he means anonymous sources. And when he's talking about law enforcement, he's referring to FBI agents. So what do we what actually do we have here? Let's think about this. Well, we have a couple of nameless FBI agents that gave him documents. And wouldn't that be a crime in and of itself if the FBI agents had just decided to 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 take documents and pass them to a reporter? And then he says it, it, it's unclear whether Trump did this in person or via text, which I, I mean, Trump's stupid, but I highly doubt he's dumb enough to put something like that in writing. <laughs> I mean, if, he, if he's going to do it, it's going to be a tweet. Let's be honest, right? Hey, Michael Cohen, make sure you uh, lie to Congress for me about those dates. <laughs> so let's think about what this guy's actually saying he has. Right. Because he's not sure how Trump (laughs) he's not sure how Trump directed Cohen to to lie to Congress. Right. So how could you have evidence that says that he 100 percent rock solid evidence that he told Cohen to to lie to, to Congress about these dates? And you don't know how he did it. How is that even possible? You'd either have to have it in writing or you'd have to have it on tape. Otherwise, it's hearsay. So and so over, you know, I heard that that Donald Trump told Cohen to do blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, you're you're taking the word uh, of Cohen, who's already been convicted of lying to the FBI. It's either he said, she said, hearsay, or it's just completely made up. 
If you have 100% rock-solid evidence, then you have that in writing or you have it on tape. I don't think there's any other way to prove it. Am I wrong? So really, all you have here is the word of a guy who has already been convicted of lying, lying to Congress, lying to the FBI, and the word of unnamed government agents of the deep state. And we know, of course, that they always tell the truth, right? They're beyond reproach. The FBI, the CIA, the NSA, there aren't any weapons of mass destruction. There's no NSA bulk data collection. And that that's rock solid, 100%. I know for a lot of uh, a lot of you people out there, you've you've been conditioned to just sort of take the word of the state as gospel. We have to break that prism that you're stuck in. We've got to get you off of what Tom Woods refers to as the three by five index card of allowable opinion. I know it seems different because you're you're inside this bubble. You're trapped in the America bubble. But like all bubbles, it's impossible to see that you're in the bubble when you're inside of it. So take it from me. Let me just let me just try to put you outside the bubble and show you how insane this is, okay? Think about if the story came out of Nazi Germany, okay? And there's some mainstream media outlet from Germany that that has a long history of carrying water for the Nazi regime. And they're reporting that a story is true. They have a they have a true story, and it's true because a couple of anonymous Gestapo said so. And now you guys are falling head over heels to believe them. You just take them at face value. Oh well, they you know the Gestapo said it was true, so I believe them. They have no reason to lie. You see how insane that is? But that's what that's what's happening here. Okay, there's no difference. Between that, that scenario I just laid out and what's happening here. You have to wake up and start seeing the state for what it really is. So all those holes that I just pointed out in this, all the problems with this story that I just pointed out aside, even CNN had to at least, had to at least pay lip service to the fact that BuzzFeed has a, a long history, a long documented history of fabricated stories. So I guess to their credit, they at least brought up the fact that that the the, the co-author, especially of this story, ha- has had several instances of very shoddy journalism. Let's let's play that clip here. Anthony, obviously this is extremely serious. This is an impeachable offense. It's a federal crime. If what you say in your report really happened, and Robert Mueller can prove it. I mean, we've heard from, you know, people on both sides of the aisle in Congress. This is an impeachable offense. It's one of, supporting perjury is one of the articles of impeachment. And yet, we must ask you about your sources and methods because your co-writer, Jason Leopold, has a dubious past with this. He's gotten in trouble, as you well know, in 2002 and 2006. He was in trouble for perhaps uh, claiming to have sources that he didn't really have. His stories didn't wash. Executive directors and editors have had to apologize after some of his big blockbuster stories. So how can you be certain today? I am rock solid. My sourcing on this goes beyond the two that are on the record. This 100% happened. I am the individual who confirmed and verified that it happened. I am, I, I am telling you, 
our sourcing goes beyond the two that I was able to put on the record. We were able to gather information from individuals who know that this happened. This is a thing that um, it happens. Yeah, he, he's 100% rock solid that that this happened, yet he hasn't seen any of the evidence. Um, he's just been told by you know, some enforcement wing of the state that, that the evidence is good. Trust them. You know, we have it. Yada, yada, yada. I, I love the lengthy, the lengthy description that CNN goes into about how, how important this information is, what kind of serious repercussions this could have. And they juxtapose that with how shoddy BuzzFeed reporting has been in the past. Does that stop them from running with the headline? course not if you look if you turned on cnn over the last couple days all the headlines you would see state this as fact trump told cohen to lie trump instructed cohen to lie to congress 100 percent true every headline every the top of every hour that's the story they were rolling with you think maybe you take a second and say huh maybe we should independently verify these claims these sources try to try to get to the bottom of this before we just um, take these very serious accusations, these impeachable offenses, and just throw it out there as 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 one hundred percent rock solid news, and maybe not just take the word of a guy who's it's the word of a guy who's been busted lying about stories in the past, taking the word of a guy who's been busted for lying to Congress. That's what that's what we're reporting on now as fact. Let that sink in. It's like they're sitting there saying, hey, we know this this could be 100% bullshit, but we're going to report on it anyways, just in case. You know, it's funny, at the, at the beginning of this news segment and, and several others that I was watching when I was trying to pull clips for this show, all of the, you know, the CNN, the MSNBCs, they all started out saying that, you know, CNN has not been able to independently verify this information. But we're going to go ahead and report on it anyways as if it is. And as you can see on the ticker below, breaking news. This is a bombshell truth that, that Trump told Cohen to lie to Congress. I mean, I'm sorry. That's As a journalist, it's not your job to just take any story and throw it out there as news. You have to independently verify before you report. You're supposed to be reporting truths, not hearsay, not uncorroborated stories from online websites that, that produce top 10 lists for travel in 2019, something, some stupid cat videos. There's perhaps no other quote unquote news outlet that, that would um, deserve more scrutiny than BuzzFeed. And even CNN admits that during the interview. They're like, oh man, we probably shouldn't. We probably shouldn't listen to you or take for take what you say for granted that it's true. But we're going to anyways. If there was ever, ever a source that needed independent verification, it's a BuzzFeed story. We know this, and they know this, and yet nothing. They're just gonna roll with it because it fits their narrative, because they want it to be true. And if they want it to be true, they can make it true as long as, you know, they just keep repeating it over and over again, put the headlines out everywhere. That's all they need to do to sear it into the minds of the American people. Even more ironic, I suppose, is that the, this guy, um, 
Anthony Cormier. I, I also came across a TED Talk he did on combating fake news. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And so what happens? Well, literally every news outlet runs with this story for at least the last 24 hours. All the same, you know, Russia collusion stuff. This raises questions. This is a bombshell. We need to make sure the Mueller can investigate unimpeded, yada, yada, yada. Mueller comes out and does exactly what Anthony Cormier claims to be doing in his TED Talk. He combats the fake news. Fast forward to Friday. Uh, The Mueller team comes out Friday night and completely denies the accuracy of the BuzzFeed report. Here's a quote. BuzzFeed's description of specific statements to the special counsel's office and characterization of documents and testimony obtained by this office regarding Michael Cohen's congressional testimony are not accurate. So there you go. Not accurate. And Mueller's been largely silent during this whole three-year process. That's how long this has been going on. So if, if they're coming out to specifically deny these allegations... I can't see a reason why they would do so if they weren't just patently false. And and Mueller doesn't want to sort of create that sort of expectation for damning evidence that he doesn't have and that he's not going to get. And listen, I'm not saying there's no chance Trump told Cohen to lie. Of course that's possible. Of course it is. Presidents lie all the time. Their entire lives are based around lying their asses off. This is nothing new. But the idea that you can say with 100% certainty that all this happened is complete bullshit. And any journalist that would run with this story, that wouldn't take anything Cohen or the FBI, any other government agency has to say, with an enormous grain of salt, I'm sorry, you guys, you make this huge deal about fake news epidemics and how you're being unfairly painted as as fiction peddlers. Huh? See what I did there? But where where the fuck do you think that comes from? I mean, time after time, you guys come out with these bombshell stories. You know, this is this is going to be the end of Trump. Here's a bombshell story. This is a bombshell. Everything's a bombshell. Breaking news, bombshell. You come out with these bombshell stories that are obviously bullshit if you don't have an agenda, if you don't have a narrative that you're trying to push, if you're not trying to peddle fiction. And then they get proven false almost sometimes immediately, sometimes it takes a little while, You can and you continue to lose credibility. And of course, what do all the major publications do now? You think we get, you think we see a huge front page retraction and apology to the American people. We've been lying to you for three years. We've been pushing this bullshit Russia collusion narrative. Of course not. The retraction, if we get it, is buried on page 11 in the fine print. Maybe they'll shoot out some stupid fucking tweet like that absolves them of any responsibility. Is there any semblance of self-reflection that goes on? Do they ever look inward and think to themselves... Huh. You know, maybe maybe this whole fake news epidemic, maybe we have a hand in that and we need to we need to change the way we're we're reporting the news. Think there's any of that? Of course not. They just point the finger 
at, you know, alternative media sources like this podcast or other websites at, at Trump supporters, call them stupid, call them racists, whatever. And you idiots, you elitists wonder why Trump got elected. He didn't create this fake news narrative. It was always there. He just tapped into it. He just tapped into that vein. You have nobody to blame but yourselves. But, you know, what the fuck do you care, right? People only remember the initial headlines anyways. And as far as the left is concerned, as far as anyone who wants to believe in the Trump-Russia collusion bullshit, they heard everything they needed to hear in this BuzzFeed article. It's too late, you know. Don't confuse them with the facts. Be funny to see what happens when Mueller finally releases his report and he's unable to find any of this mysterious collusion. Of course, remember, you have to be colluding to commit a crime. There is no crime for just collusion. You have to be colluding to do something illegal. But that's beside the point. Then what, you know, what are they going to do when Mueller comes out and he's got nothing? What's Rachel Maddow going to speculate about every night for the next five years? Well, two if they're lucky, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they're too invested in this narrative to give it up. They'll have to just pivot to some other angle, find some other thing to investigate him for, and continue this dog and pony show. In the meantime, instead of admitting to all the mistakes they've made, to all the terrible journalism they've been doing, what they, what they like to do is is they try to shift everyone's attention away from the story that they just completely botched and on to the next story, right? The 24-hour news cycle. Let's keep it going. Forget what just happened yesterday. Forget what just happened last week. Look at this new outrage. And interestingly enough, perhaps in their haste to draw attention away from their pathetic excuses at vetting stories, they've opened themselves up to another spat of issues. And yes, I am referring to the March for Life incident that same weekend as the whole um, Mueller BuzzFeed debacle. So here is some of the initial reporting on that. Calling racist played out in Washington yesterday on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Some students harassing an older Native American man, a Vietnam vet, in the midst of a special ceremony. Tammy Leitner has more. It was meant to be a time for indigenous people to be seen and heard. But this viral video taken during Friday's rally in Washington has sparked outrage and confusion. The video appears to show dozens of youths wearing Make America Great Again hats, mocking Native American elder and Vietnam veteran Nathan Phillips, many jeering and others looking on. First of all, notice how Right off the bat, they just report it as fact. Some students were harassing a Native American vet on the on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Just happened. You know, this this is this is the news. You turn on the TV. This is the story. This is what happened, right? And you know, I think the first time I saw I saw this news story break, I think I probably saw a meme. <laughs> I probably caught a meme of it first. And then I saw like a, a, a two or three minute video of you, you got this teenage kid, right, wearing the MAGA hat, which apparently he might as well be wearing a swastika or a, a KKK hood at this point. I guess that's just a symbol of hate, even though, you know, half the country 
voted voted for Trump. That's that's a symbol of hate right there. So he's standing there, and there's this Native American guy banging a drum like inches away from his face. Okay, and the story is, the initial reporting is that these kids went went to this sacred Native American ceremony and just got in this guy's face who was banging the drum. Now, to me, I mean, right off the bat, that just did not seem right to me. It just didn't add up. Um, but if you watch the video, it just looks it just looks like it's the other way around. Like this guy's banging a drum in somebody's face. Who goes to harass somebody and then just walks up to a guy banging a drum and stares at him? How is that? going to accomplish anything like what's the goal there I don't know so it just looked kind of weird to me I wasn't buying it the other thing the other reason I wasn't buying it is because these are Catholic Catholic uh, Christian conservative kids who who signed up for (laughs) signed up to go on a field trip on the weekend on a Saturday to a pro-life rally Okay, that is a level of nerd that that is loser level, loser level 10,000 right there. Okay, that is a level of nerdiness that most of the world has never known. All right. These are not kids that are, are thinking to themselves. Oh, yeah, you know, let's go. Let's take a Saturday. We'll go do the the March for Life, the pro pro life march. And then we'll stop by. We'll find some Native American sacred ceremony and go get in their face. Start hurling racial epithets at them. It just <laughs> that if you live in the real world and you don't have an agenda to push, just like every other story I bring up that the media gets wrong, I, this just doesn't add up. Those aren't the kind of teenager teenage kids that engage in that type of behavior. If you just think about this stuff for a couple seconds, it's just like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And, and what this media is doing, this corrupt fucking media, they're using these clips so disingenuously. I mean, I knew right away that this you, ha- you have a group of you have a group of teenage kids, right? Getting into some sort of incident this day and age. There's going to be video and it's going to be a lot more than just two or three minutes of, of uh, some Native American guy beating a drum like something had to start that so what started it right and if they're not showing you what started it there's a reason for that I mean maybe I'm paranoid but (laughs) you know it it's like uh it's like when you you see pictures of people on uh on those the on the dating apps the tinder and um bumble stuff like that and all you see is a, a picture of the chick from the shoulders up, no body shots. I mean, there, there's a reason they're only showing you their face, right? And there's a reason that the media is only showing you this two-minute clip or whatever they're showing you because the rest of it doesn't make them look good, doesn't fit their agenda, it doesn't fit their narrative. It, their whole story would fall apart if they showed you the beginning of this video. And they don't want to report that kind of story. This is the story that they want to report. So they're only going to show you that portion of it. If you guys don't know that by now, after how many fake stories have been out there, I, I don't know what to tell you. So don't be fooled by these, these partial clips, okay? These partial stories that get reported. 
and don't be fooled by partial pictures of chicks on the internet. <laughs> That's the real moral of the story here. <laughs> but if these news outlets, if the media had had footage that supported their narrative, they would be showing it. They would be flaunting it. Just like the chick on the internet would be flaunting her body if she had a fantastic body, that'd be the first thing you saw. She'd be prancing around in a bikini. If she has a nice body, she's showing it off. It's the first thing she does. And if the media had the story that, that they purport to have, they would show that to you. They wouldn't just show you this little partial, out-of-context clip. They'd show you the whole thing. If they don't, they don't have it. And you should be very, very skeptical of both scenarios that I just laid out. And know that what you're seeing is probably just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> but hey, it's like my buddy's dad used to always tell me. You know, fat chicks need love too. So, anyway. This media uses, clip, uses video clips so disingenuously. It would be shocking if they hadn't already been caught completely fabricating stories or peddling stories that fit the narrative that they want to push on the American people. You know, the Michael Brown, the gentle giant, hands up, don't shoot. Yeah, Trayvon Martin and the first ever white Hispanic. <laughs> I mean, they're just so dishonest about everything. And they hear one side of the story, in this case, from this Native American Vietnam vet. Obviously, you know, they're beyond reproach. And they make up their minds based on those boxes being checked. Okay, got an oppressed class, his, historically disenfranchised army veteran against the rich, white, privileged, Christian, conservative, MAGA hat wearing teenagers. Yep, that's it. You know, that's all we need to hear. You tell us what happened. We'll report it as fact with no regard for the truth or the repercussions and ramifications. Right. And of course, you know, the, the video comes out, the full video comes out within a, a day of this incident happening. And it's not like, you know, the media took it out of context, just took it out of context, or they got like a few minor details wrong. They got it completely wrong. They have it 100% backwards from what actually took place, okay? If you, if you watch this, this video from beginning to end, you will see that these kids, they were just... <laughs> Here's here's what actually happened, right? So these the 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 Covington kids were at the pro life rally, the March for March for Your Life, March for Life, whatever it's called. Okay, and then they go to the Lincoln Memorial to wait for their bus to pick them up. Now while they're sitting there, they start getting harassed by this other group of protesters, the the black Israelites. All right. And there is like an hour, an hour of the, the black Israelites just hurling insults and racial epithets at these kids, calling them crackers, calling them, uh, you know, faggots, crackers, really ripping on. Because there were a couple, there are actually a couple black students with the Covington kids that go to that school as well, apparently. And they were getting totally trashed. By these, by these uh, black Israelites, calling them Uncle Tom's, dropping N-bombs, telling them that the, the kids were going <laughs> to steal their organs, all, all this crazy stuff. I mean, none of that's reported. None of that's captured in the clip, the, the, the clip that went viral. What do you see? All you see is the, the MAGA hat, the kid with the smirk on his face, 
and this Native American guy with the drum, which to me, it's still like the picture looks bad. I'll admit that initially when I saw saw the picture, I was like, okay, it kind of looks like a little prick kid getting in somebody's face. When you watch the video, it looks like it's the other way around. Even just the clip taken out of context, in my opinion. But, you know, what do I know? Which is why I took the time to watch the video, the full two hour video. Okay, so then the Native American guy comes up. He, uh, first of all, it, you know, it was reported that those students sought out the Native American ceremony, right? They intentionally went over there to disrupt it. Bullshit. Okay, so on the video, about an hour and 10, 12, 15 minutes in, whatever it is, you can see that there's, there's the crowd of students, there's the crowd of black Israelites, and then in comes these, these Native Americans banging the drum, and he just marches right up to that kid and gets in his face. That's what happened. It's right on tape. It's all there, clear as day. So I love this reporting. In a video of what appears to be the white kids harassing a, a Native American guy, yeah, it appears that way because you cut out the first hour and 20 minutes of it. That's why it appears that way. Pull up the, pull up the start of the video. Do a little investigative journalism. My God. The bottom line is these kids, these kids did absolutely nothing wrong. They were just, they were literally just standing there absorbing a lot of harassment, you know, but I guess because they had the MAGA hat on or, you know, what's, what's now become just a a KKK hood, obviously they have to be at fault. And these news outlets, as unfortunate as it is, they hold a lot of power and influence Millions of people, millions of lemmings tune in every night to hear the nightly propaganda. And they just report all these allegations as fact. You turn on the TV, this is the news. This is what happened. A bunch of bunch of white teens wearing MAGA hats went over to a Native American sacred ceremony and started harassing them. And think about what they did. They took, they took a 16-year-old kid's face, plastered it all over the news, on the internet, viral videos, and claimed that he was the face of hatred and bigotry in America. You've got celebrities on Twitter trying to dox these kids, making all kinds of threats, talking about what, what kind of a punchable face he has. What, what's really unbelievable is that you can, you can <laughs> like literally do nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong. Just stand there, hold your ground, stand there, not do anything. You smirked, you smiled. That, that, that's all you could say that they did. And then they were making like some stupid school chants and stuff. Like the level of dorkiness of these kids is off the charts. You just, you could tell like right off the bat, there's no way that these kids, the losers that they are, would have gone off and done this. Just think about it. But the fact that they can do nothing wrong and still somehow the media finds a way to take a clip of it, a picture of it out of context and blow it up into this massive thing. This is the face of hatred in America. Look at these white privileged MAGA hat wearing motherfuckers. They're punchable faces like they're getting death threats. The, the fact that they can do that, they can take they can take a story. Like It just proves that they can take anything they want. They can take any story they want, any angle on it, and completely flip it 180 degrees. The story that they reported, it's 100% wrong. 
It's completely wrong. The only thing that they got right was that these kids were there and they had MAGA hats on. That's it. Everything else was just this liberal caricature of how Trump supporters behave. You know, they have this idea since they're since they're white kids with MAGA hats on. Oh, they must be a bunch of racist hoodlums who are going to go harass Native Americans on their sacred, you know, during their sacred ceremony. Everything else, every other angle that they took on this story was the exact opposite of what happened. This is the state of journalism in this country. This is where we are. It's really disturbing to me that this is that this can take place and that people people are, will just jump on it because it's their narrative. They're so desperate to see their narrative validated. They're so desperate to see their worldview play out in society so that they can, you know, they can get that confirmation bias that we all seek that they'll just take anything, anything that's reported without even thinking about it at face value. I mean, these journalists, they have a responsibility. They, there is like people, people can get seriously hurt. They could start riots over this. People could die. I mean, they've already lied us into a bunch of wars where hundreds of thousands of people have died. These journalists have a big responsibility. It's very unfortunate that they take it so flippantly that they, they don't care. They don't care who they hurt. They will, they will take a bunch of innocent little kids and turn them into the biggest villains the world has ever seen if it pushes their agenda. And then they turn around and get mad at everybody else for calling them fake news. Those of us that have, wi- have wised up to their act, you know, they, they ridicule us for not believing them. Well, how are we supposed to believe anything you say after, after incidents like this? But unfortunately, guys like me People like me, those of you guys listening to this podcast, we're in the minority here. The vast majority of people jump on jump on these news news stories, jump on the narrative, and run with it. And I, I just can't believe that we're not smarter as a people, as a country. We don't know better than to just jump on these narratives. How many times do you have to be proven wrong? How many times do you have to get it wrong before you think, Huh, you know, maybe I'm going to wait a day or two, see if anything else shakes out of this. I mean, we literally just had the Michael Cohen thing, the BuzzFeed story. They literally just fucked that up, not 24 hours ago. And now that and now this and all these celebrities on Twitter. It's like, my God, the level of vitriol they have for anybody, any white person God forbid they they supported Trump and they just they just hop on the Twitters and they start tweeting out. They're trying to dox these kids. Pat Oswalt, the comedian, released some of their personal information on Twitter. Kathy Griffin went after him. I know there was one guy who said that uh, MAGA hat wearing teenagers should go through the wood chipper. Tweeted that out. That's nice. Tell us how you really feel. Have you ever seen a more punchable face than that kid? That was another tweet from some so-called celebrity. I've never heard of half of these people. Uh, they, they must be D-list celebrities trying to make a name for themselves on Twitter, I guess. I don't know. I mean, they're just, they're relentless. And by the way, all you celebrities out there and all, and all, you, all you people that think you're, you're morally superior 
to everybody that, you know, everybody that wears a MAGA hat or whatever, everybody on the right, there's nothing, there's nothing brave. There's nothing brave about being against bigotry this day and age. I know you all want to come out and give yourself a big pat on the back, big collective pat on the back for being such morally superior people to the rest of us. You know, coming out as like being against hate or uh, being against hatred and bigotry and racism, there's nothing bold or risky about that. It doesn't take any guts. It doesn't take any fortitude to do that. The overwhelming majority of people agree with you. 90, 98% of the population is against hatred and bigotry and racism. So this, this stance that you're taking, this virtue signaling that you're doing, it doesn't impress me, okay? It shouldn't impress anybody. It's not like you're going to suffer any consequences in society for holding those views. In fact, you'll be revered. You'll be revered by the media, by the, you know, in Hollywood, by the, the entire culture will revere you. They'll sing your, they'll heap praises upon you for holding those views, even though almost everybody holds those exact same views. Maybe that's why they have to spend the majority of their time trying to convince us all that we live in this racist, bigoted society because they want, they want it to seem like they're different from everybody else. See, all those people, they're racist, bigot, homophobes. And then me over here, look how great I am. I'm above all that. I am not a racist. I am not like all those other people. So look at me. Heap praise upon me. I'm morally virtuous. Well, let me tell you, you can get over yourself. Because there's nothing special about you. There's nothing unique about that position. Everybody holds it. Myself included. I'm against racist, bigot, bigoted homophobes. I'm against racism. Ooh. See how pious I am? Now, marching in a pro-life rally, when you don't have the media on your side, when you don't have Hollywood on your side, when you don't have the culture, the mainstream culture on your side, that's, you know, that's a minority. Of, it seems to be more of a minority opinion today. Minority opinions take bravery. Majority opinions don't. So you can get off your high horse, maybe take a long look in the mirror, and think about what you're doing attacking 16-year-old kids for standing there smiling, wearing, wearing a hat that you don't like for a president that 63 million people voted for. I don't know. That's just me. By the way, I wasn't one of the 63 million, so I know I'm going to get accused of being, you know, this, this pro-Trump bootlicker or whatever, but I'm sorry, I just... these. This, this media malpractice cannot stand. I'm not going to let it slide. I don't care who they're making look bad. If the story's not true, I'm going to call it out. And I'm going to call out their bullshit every single time. Oh, and by the way, why is this even a story? Let's think about that for a second. Because what do we have here? We have a confrontation that literally resulted in nothing. This is a non-story. This is a group of kids, even if, let's say, you, you take the, the, the media's narrative, their, their initial narrative, at face value. And that's, let's say that's what, 100% what happened, right? Even though it's the exact opposite. All right. So you have a bunch of kids who go up to a Native American ceremony and stand there and smile at them while this guy bangs a drum. This is national news. This is the news story. This is what we're talking about for a week. 
<laughs> I mean, why is this a story? Here's why it's a story. Because it's white Christian conservative kids. They're wearing MAGA hats, which ties them to Donald Trump. And look at look at how horrible Trump is and all his violent, you know, his violent rhetoric. Look what it produces. It produces these these kids who 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 go off and and just assault people, verbally assault people. This is the the face of bigotry in America. I mean, otherwise this isn't a story, right? If it's any other situation, a bunch of teenage kids acting acting like idiots, acting like knuckleheads, being you know being pricks, going up to going up to people, getting in their face. There were no punches thrown. There was nobody hurt. Nothing happened. This is a whole lot of nothing, unless you can tie it to Donald Trump. Then it's national news, right? Well, here, here's Essie Cup. Let's 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 hear it from her. So what I would say to these kids is, don't be like us. Be better. I'm sorry that you see a president who talks gleefully about knocking people out and body slamming reporters. I'm sorry you see your elected officials inciting citizens to harass public officials at their homes and in restaurants. I'm sorry you see bigotry not only being tolerated but being boasted about. I'm sorry you live at a time when going viral is more rewarded than being moral. This is our fault. But you don't have to repeat our mistakes. Please don't. Well, she's right about one thing. It is their fault. This whole thing is the media's fault. Didn't take her long to tie that to Trump, did it? Oh, all these Trump supporters, they're they're such violent degenerates. They want to punch people. Trump's rhetoric is so violent and it inspires all these people to go out and punch everybody and assault people. And then, of course, what do we actually have? We have a bunch of Trump supporters standing there peacefully, taking abuse, turning the other cheek. And what do you get from the supposedly the, the moral high ground, the, the, the left? What a punchable face he's got. Send him to, through the wood chipper. You have Antifa going out, hitting people with bike locks, assaulting people, pepper spraying people. To the casual observer, such as myself, it's almost as if they have the story completely backwards. But I guess that would be Trump's fault too, right? Because Trump's inspiring the the left to be so violent and so hateful. See, no matter what he does, no matter which side the violence comes from, if it comes from like uh, if it comes from the right, it's Trump's fault. And if a bunch of people on the left get all riled up and uh, start swinging bike lots locks at people's heads, well, it's Trump's fault. It really is amazing how the media is just totally revealed in the Trump moment for what they are and what they always have been. This is nothing new. It's just they're so much more naked about it and they can't control themselves. They just cannot resist a story that can make Trump look bad. So they jump on it. If this were, I mean, if this were black kids in, in the south side of Chicago, this isn't a story. I mean, they're killing each other down there. You don't hear a peep about it. But a couple of white kids wearing MAGA hats smiling at a Native American. Oh boy, there's your story right there. Look at the outrage. I mean, my God. I'm going to give my, my piece of advice to anybody listening to this. I think we might as well just literally invoke George Costanza's opposite strategy. You guys ever seen that Seinfeld episode? <laughs> Where he just starts doing the opposite of everything that he wants to do. 
all of his natural impulses, whatever they were, he just invokes the opposite. And all these wonderful things start happening to him. Well, when it comes to the news, whatever these news outlets are reporting, just completely flip the incident around. If they're reporting that X attacked Y and X is a horrible person because of blah, 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 X attacked Y, flip it around, Y attacked X, and you'll basically be 100% right about what happened. So whatever they report on, just take the complete 180 degree opposite uh, uh, opposite angle, and that's that's what happened. You'll be far more accurately reporting the situation than they are. All right, so that's my piece of advice for today. I'm going to wrap there. Don't forget to download, subscribe, share the show. Join our private Facebook group, Peddling Fiction Podcast. Check out our website, peddlingfictionpodcast.com, all that good stuff. And until next time, just keep on peddling that so-called fiction.